say, but I'm just going to react to the film and most likely some of my thoughts will sneak, will sneak in there. So, let me just push play. Okay, so just one last thing, a couple last things before I hit play. This movie is from 1999, an excellent, excellent vintage. It is two hours and 17 minutes long. It stars some of my favorite people in the world, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, and Hugo Weaving. Oh yeah, and Joe Pantoliano. Lesser known, but also great, a fave. And... Oh, it broke box office records as the biggest Easter opening ever. I actually didn't know that. And... It's known as a futuristic... This description says, a futuristic sci-fi adventure about a man who comes to believe that his everyday world is a product of a complex, computer-driven digital matrix that feeds on humans. He comes to believe this. We'll see. We'll see about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> In his dangerous quest to find out the truth, he must figure out who is real and who he can trust. From the producer of the top box office franchise, Lethal Weapon. Oh my. I didn't know that about Lethal Weapon. Okay, here we go. Pushing the play button. And we see the iconic green waterfall of text and numbers and code. Green waterfall code, which is actually inspired by um, Ghost in the Shell, the original Ghost in the Shell, the Japanese anime movie. And I believe that is confirmed. Okay, and we see or we're hearing a conversation between two unknown people, as of yet unknown in the film. They're talking about watching someone. Oh, this iconic first scene. I love it. It starts with all these flashlights. And then there's the vaguely, vaguely green light. There's some cops. Oh, and there's like green residue like on the hotel door and they're in this crappy like abandoned hotel. Ah, yes. And there's someone in this empty abandoned room. And the use of phones in this like I'm probably going to say this about a million times, but this movie is so, so 90s, and it's amazing. 
I love how 90s it is. And now we see we have Hugo weaving here as an agent. <laughs> oh, iconic line. No, Lieutenant, your men are already dead. Alright, so they're trying to put Trinity in handcuffs. And then she kung fu's. Oh my gosh, this scene. Yes, just everything. Everything about this scene just changed cinema forever. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, let's start with the the leather, the entirely leather, shiny black leather outfit. Iconic. Trinity, Trinity's hair, iconic. The way the camera moves around her and like slow-mos, her going up into the air and then kicking, kicking that cop. And like, and then her walking on the, like running on the wall as he's shooting at her, iconic. Everything is iconic. Yes, and now the agent is chasing her on the roof and they're jumping, they're like flying from rooftop to rooftop. And all this, like, at this time, there just was not anything like this in American cinema that I know of. The only thing that even comes close is, like, Chinese kung fu movies. But, of course, The Matrix computerized it and sci-fied it and futurized it. <laughs> the cop is looking at the agent like, that's impossible. No one can jump that far. Trinity's got to escape this agent. Yes, my favorite. The dive. The dive into the window. And it's just... <laughs> looking back, some of the special effects are obvious, but... Like, it's still cool, and it all just has this, like, this, like, oh, all the camera angles are so good. And you can see so many inspirations. Oh, yes, and then this scene. The, this whole first sequence, famous, iconic, amazing. And she runs to the phone booth. She goes to pick up the phone as the truck drives at her, and the truck smashes into the phone booth, and then backs up, and that is a big truck, and we see it's an agent that was driving. It's Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving. There's no sign of Trinity in the destroyed phone booth. He's... They said she got out. The informant is real. We have the name of their next target. The name is Neo. We'll need a search running. It has already begun. It's just so interesting to like 
look back into the internet and the phone situation in the 90s, like, oh my gosh. And this, when I was a kid, this was one of, like, the few VHS tapes we had in our VHS cabinet. You know, there were no streaming services back then, so we would just watch The Matrix over and over and over. Because it's a great movie, you know. So we have Neo, Keanu Reeves waking up, says wake up Neo on his computer. His computer is talking to him and it's in that like terminal, green on black, typewriter font, the matrix has you. He's like, what's going on? It says follow the white rabbit famous line. Knock, knock, Neo. And then someone actually knocks on his door. Who is it? It's Joy. And his computer screen is black again. So he goes to the door. He's in room number 101. He's like, you got the money, I'll give you my disk of my hacker code. <laughs> At least that's what, that's, that's the way I interpret it. He's like, got this secret, secret, uh, compartment of mini disks. And Joy says, hallelujah, you're my savior, man. You're my own personal Jesus Christ. you 
is that you're in danger. I brought you here to warn you. They're watching you, Neo. Who is? Please just listen. Ooh, they're getting super close. I know why you're here, Neo. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep, why you live alone, and why night after night you sit at your computer. You're, lo you're looking for him. I know because I was once looking for the same thing, and when he found me, he told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. It's the question that drives us, Neo. It's the question that brought you here. You know the question, just as I did. What is the Matrix? The answer is out there, Neo. It's looking for you. And it will find you if you want it to. Okay, a couple things here. Something I'm noticing for the first time, and that's, I love that about this movie, you notice a lot of things for the first time, is that Neo, I didn't realize that Neo really has been obsessed with finding the Matrix for a long time. I just felt like, even though I've seen this movie so many times, I just thought like, he just had this feeling like something about the world was wrong. But no, he's like specifically knows the word matrix. He knows who Trinity is. He knows he's looking for him. And we'll find out he knows exactly who he's looking for. And that's Morpheus. So I guess, yeah, I guess he, he really knows what he's looking for. Um, he just like he really doesn't understand the full scope of what he's looking for, I guess. Because obviously he doesn't even know what the Matrix is. He's just... <laughs> yeah, I disagree with the with the plot description earlier of, like, Neo knows. He suspects that... Uh, what did they say? Okay, uh... They said it's about a man who comes to believe that his everyday world is a product of is a product of a complex computer-driven digital matrix that feeds on humans. I do not think he suspects that. He does he does not suspect that far. Like there's no way. Like <laughs> and I'll explain when we get later in the movie, I promise. Like, he does not think that his, his everyday world, yeah, his, it's just not that far. Another thing I have to say before I continue commentating on the movie is that the scenes like that last scene with Trinity talking to Neo in a club really metaphorically bring across like the seductiveness of like as a trans person the idea of living as your true self your true gender your of, of expressing your gender the way you want to express it they really like that is 
that is a good scene for that. Like, it's just like, and especially the with the embodiment of Trinity, um, who, like, in a lot of ways, she embodies, like, at least I think, and from various interviews and, like, things I've read about the movie, it just feels like uh, Lily and Lana chose her as, like, this almost, like, who they want to become, um, who they want to transform into, like, her, her presentation, the way Trinity presents and moves through the world, um, feels like who Lily and Lana want to become, and keeping in mind this movie is like, the first rumors of Lana's gender transition started in the year 2000, which is one year after The Matrix came out. So Lana is probably working through all this, like, all this stuff is coming to the surface. Lily won't come out until much later, but that's not to say that she hasn't been, like, this stuff hasn't been churning inside of her brain for her whole life, you know? And it's like, what is the Matrix? You can't put a name to it for some trans people. It's like, what is this feeling that I can't put a name to? Something is wrong. So, and yeah, just the seductiveness of being your true self. Ah, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, back to the movie. I got my little fidget toy here. I like... I like the sounds it makes. Neo is at his office job, his horribly boring office job. And it's called... Oh, the company he works for is called Metacortex, which is probably... probably has some deeper meaning. But his boss always calls him Mr. Anderson. But then he... online he goes by Neo, which is a very relatable trans thing, like having going by different names in different situations, especially if you're in the process of coming out and you may not be fully out to everyone. Oh, yes, and then he gets this package delivered. He's at his desk, signs for a package. He's in his cubicle, a little cubicle. There's a vaguely green tint to everything. Opens the envelope and inside is a mobile phone from the 90s. It rings. It rings the instant. The instant he takes it out and it's Morpheus. And he's like, I've been looking for you, but you have to... You have to, uh... Oh, he says, 
I don't know if you're ready to see what I have to show you, but unfortunately we're running out of time. So stand up and see why we're, why we're running out of time. And then he sees that some agents have found him. They're in the building. And it's because of the, the, uh, what you call it, the mall, the informant. So Morpheus is going to lead him out of the building. And Neo's just like, how do you even, like, first of all, how do you know when to send me a phone? Second of all, how do you know what's happening? How can you see me? You know, this is before the time of amazing cameras. And then how are you, like, guiding me around the building to avoid the, the agents? So this is the part where Morpheus tells him to escape. He has to go down the scaffold that the window washers use. And he's like many, many, many stories up. So Neo... Oh, he said, use the scaffold to get to the roof. And then who knows what, who knows what. Morpheus's plan was for the roof, but so Neo tries. He he goes out onto the ledge, and a a big gust of wind almost knocks him off the building, but knocks the phone off. And they use the slow mo effect and the sound effects. Oh, another thing. I should mention, um, I, so this movie does actually, the actors were trained in actual kung fu, um, Hong family style kung fu, which I actually practiced for a little while in real life, so that's another reason I've, I was so obsessed with this movie from a young age, because I did kung fu when I was a teenager. So long story short, Neo cannot do the scaffold thing and so he gets taken into custody by the agents and Trinity sees them. She speeds off on her motorcycle which is super cool. And now we see Neo on this weird screen. It's given us those juicy matrix feelings. And the agents are coming in to interrogate Neo. This part always scared me so much when I was a kid watching this. A teenager, I guess. I don't know, I can't remember when I first saw this. But when it came out, I would have been 10 years old. And there's a part in this where I think in our copy 
VHS or, or DVD that we had, they edited the film a little, and there's a part where, in this scene where Neo uh, flips the agent the bird and or gives him the middle finger, and they censored that part, <laughs> so I didn't know until much later that's what happened, and I, I was just like, why? What? Why? <laughs> I still don't understand why that was worth editing the film. Like, maybe they made a PG-13 version, and that was, that was what they had to cut. <laughs> Phone's ringing. It's a nice old school telephone. 
nice curly cord. Morpheus, this line is tapped, so I must be brief. They got to you first, but they underestimated how important you are. If they knew what I know, you'd probably be dead. Don't say that, Morpheus. You're, this line is bugged. And this is when Morpheus says it. You are the one, Neo. I've spent my entire life looking for you. Oh my god. What does that even mean? That, that, that's my commentary. <laughs> I'm commenting what I think Neo is thinking. <laughs> okay, so they... Trinity and Switch come and pick Neo up in a car under a bridge when it's raining really heavily. And Switch pulls a gun on him. Fun fact about Switch. Switch, I love. I've, I've always been really... I was always really fascinated by Switch because they look really androgynous. And Switch was originally meant to be someone who was... Who presented masculine in the real world and feminine in the, in the Matrix, I think. I think, um, I might have it flipped, but yeah, but of course the producers or the studio or someone wouldn't let the Wachowskis do that, so, yeah, that's what, and Lily said in her recent interview about how the corporate, corporate media just wasn't ready for, for, trans people to be that obvious in movies and that just annoys me so much that you know we could have had an even more obvious transgender icon in media but the people were like oh but we need to try to make the most money from this so we can't have that kind of character in the movie boo-hoo it's just very frustrating, and that still happens, to be sure. So this scene also is pretty gross. And Trinity is using this, like, suction-y gun type thing to suck the, the bug, the sh shrimp robot, out of Neo's belly button. And, oh god, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. So they take Neo to this, I just love the sets, like these old, like, abandoned buildings and just the, just the camera work, ugh, it's perfect, so beautiful. So this is where Neo is meeting Morpheus, this is might, this is actually the most famous scene, like, well, I don't know, there are just so many fam famous scenes from this. I can think this is in the top two. I'll tell you when we get to the, to the other one. Oh, Lawrence Fishburne is so great. He 
he's so great. And just all these actors together in the same movie, perfect. Perfection. is saying like just the the writing his lines perfect amazing there's something wrong with the world you don't know what it is but it's there like a splinter in your mind driving you mad yes it is this feeling that has brought you to me it's a feeling do you know what I'm talking about the Matrix, yes. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. Oh my goodness. So he's taking the red pill. Morpheus says, follow me. 
and this is, and this is, uh, they take him into this room with computers, and this is where Neo gets, well, we'll see, but the, the thing that annoys me about the Red Pill online is it's kind of been co-opted by MAGA and alt-right people as a, as a slogan, like taking the red pill to discover the truth about the world is supposedly what they believe, uh, like saying the things that they th think are true are the truth, when it's like what they believe is that um, they hate they hate trans people essentially, and. The Matrix was made by two trans women. So it's like, no, you don't get to, you don't, you don't get the red pill. Sorry. You just don't. It belongs to us. said, what if you were in a dream that you could never wake up from? How would you be able to tell the difference between the dream world and the real world? It's a good point. It's a good point. So they found Neo in the real world, which is not this world. This world that we've been in with Neo is the Matrix. Now we see real, real Neo. And he's in this pod, and he emerges, and he's bald and hairless, and he's in this, like, red fluid goo. Yeah, this part was always scary to me, and he touches the back of his head, and there's this thing plugged into his head, and then he looks around, and he sees people, just endless rows of people all around him, all of them in these red pods filled with the red gel, and they're in some kind of electrical storm world. And he's still looking around, and he's like, oh my god, everyone, all the people, they're all in these, trapped in these pods, they're all dreaming. None of them are awake, none of them know where they really are. And then this robot comes, and sees Neo is awake.
and then detaches him and flushes him. Oh yeah, and unscrews the jack from the back of his head. Don't you worry. 
So he's showing him around the... Morpheus is showing Neo around the, the ship. And this is where they, they hack into the Matrix from their ship. Introduces the crew. Trinity, who is gorgeous. Apoch, Switch, Cypher. Tank, Dozer, Mouse. I love Mouse. I love them all, let's be honest. Especially Tank and Dozer. So you wanted to know what the Matrix is, Morpheus says. Well, I'll sit you down in this chair right here. You're gonna find out. And this is when they insert the jack into his head. So the robots were dependent 
on solar power. And so humans scorched the sky, basically created a never-ending storm so that there's no more no more sunlight. You can't get can't get power from the sun. But the robots, they're smart. So they're like, hey, we've got all these humans. They generate energy. Let's just turn them into batteries. So that's what those endless pods were. They're just fields of humans. They're no longer born. They're grown. So the robots found a way to grow humans, like genetically modify them so they could grow them with all the plugs already built in them. So Neo has this moment here where he's like, he doesn't believe what Morpheus is telling him. He freaks out a little. Passes out, wakes up. He says, I, I can't go back, can I? And Morpheus says, no, but if you really could, would you really want to? I feel like I owe you an apology. We never free a mind once it's reached a certain age. It's dangerous. The mind has trouble letting go. I did what I did because I had to. Because he believes Neo is the one. Which has not been explained yet. So then Morpheus explained, there was a, a man who was born who had the ability to manipulate and control the Matrix, and he freed the first ones. He freed Morpheus. And Morpheus believes that Neo is the reincarnation of this guy, and the oracle predicted that when this reincarnation was found, everything would be better, like humans would have victory over the machines. Kind of reminds me of the Avatar, actually, from Avatar The Last Airbender. The avatars will bring balance to the world. But now it's time for Neo's training. And yet more iconic scenes. So now Neo meets Tank, who is... who doesn't have any plugs. He's born the old-fashioned way. And, uh, he tells Neo about Zion, the last human city. That's where he was born. It's deep under the crust where the, where the earth is still warm because the surface is cold. And Tank is really excited for Neo to be the one. He's like, 
again. He's like, we're going to teach you stuff. And how are we going to teach you stuff? We're going to load programs into your brain. That's where... This is like the just the best fantasy. Like we like being able to learn stuff by just getting programs loaded into your brain. Like, ah, oh, that's the dream. <laughs> and so. Neo's like, yes, I want to keep learning. He's teaching him Taekwondo, drunken boxing. It's listing all these types of martial arts. He's been loading programs into his brain for 10 hours straight. Just, <laughs> he, he opens his eyes and he looks at Morpheus and he says, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> so they go into a simulation and Morpheus explains some of the rules of the Matrix and they're in like a dojo type of, yeah, it, it does look like a Japanese dojo, but they are gonna be fighting kung fu. I guess a dojo is just a more popular... I don't know, it could be that I don't know enough about uh, what Chinese martial art gyms look like. But it's very much like an old school kung fu movie. Yes! Oh my gosh, it's so good. The fight, the fight scenes in this are really good. <laughs> it's just so reminiscent of old Kung Fu movies, I love it. Oh my gosh, the crew gets all excited that they're fighting each other. <laughs> jump super high because Matrix Matrix rolls and the sound effects the fighting sound effects
goes Morpheus's line. Because they're in the Matrix. It's not air. <laughs> and Morpheus is teaching him the whole time. They're fighting. They go again.
Morpheus waking up um, after freaking out, and Morpheus is there, and Neo's like, I can't go back, can I? And Morpheus is like, no, but if you could, would you really want to? And to me, this is like a metaphor for, for discovering how hard it is to be transgender, to be openly and unapologetically transgender. And the implication is that Neo would not go back into the Matrix because he is a truth seeker and as a metaphor for being trans it's like living your truth is the most satisfying thing despite all the hardship and there is a big myth out there about people regretting transition and detransitioning and that does happen but the myth is that it's because people regret it and that is not true people have come forward and shared their stories that they don't regret it. What really happens is they don't have access to care. It's just too expensive or there are other barriers, usually financial barriers that cause them to detransition. And it's very sad. And I can't remember if I've read any stories about people detransitioning due to hate, but it's I've certainly never read any accounts of someone detransitioning because they actually regretted they they actually regretted it. I'm sure it has happened, but it's just so very rare. And more often than not, people trans people feel like like neo like the truth, the satisfaction of living your truth is, is worth it, is worth the hardship of living on uh, a hovercraft, um, being extremely malnourished in a dystopian world full of machines that want to plug you in and use you like a battery. <laughs> okay, so Trinity brought Neo the food, and this is the first time Cypher confronts her. Yes. 
has turned into an agent. Okay, so this is not the Matrix. It's a training program. So, what Morpheus is, t is teaching Neo is that anyone in the Matrix can be taken over by an agent. Anyone who's not, um, who's not unplugged. Anyone who's plugged in like a battery who's in the Matrix dream world. An agent can just take take over their, well, I guess it's not really their body. It's their residual self-image. is like, Neo, you can beat the, the agents because you're the one, and Neo, and <laughs> you won't have to, that line. Um, <laughs> oh, that old cell phone. Oh no, the hovercraft. What was I saying? I have no idea. Cypher. 
Neo kind of snuck up on Cypher. Cypher was looking at the Matrix on computer screens. The green waterfalls. There's too much information to decode the matrix. <laughs> Cypher is quite a... quite a... misogynistic character, I think. He offers Neo some hooch. Cypher, why, oh, why didn't I take the blue pill? Neo doesn't relate. Not on that deep of a level. And he coughs on the hooch. <laughs> Some strong hooch. tell you why he did it, why you're here. This is Cypher asking Neo. He's like, so you're here to save the world. What do you even say to something like that? I think Neo does relate to that. Piece of advice. You see an agent, you do what we do. You run. <laughs> I mean, it's good advice. I would say. <laughs> oh. And then we cut to Cypher in the Matrix, eating a steak. He knows the steak is not real, but he doesn't care. Smith. 
and they're eating, they're eating dinner or breakfast, it, essen it essentially, it just looks like oatmeal. <laughs> it looks like cold oatmeal. interesting that everyone looks so similar in both real life and the Matrix. I can see why they, why the Wachowskis wanted to play with, like it was a perfect opportunity to play with gender, gender but some studio head wouldn't let them, I'm sure. And now they're all going into the Matrix. They're in... the Morpheus glasses. Oh, Cypher putting his phone into a trash can. Cypher the traitor. If Cypher, if Cypher is a part of the trans metaphor, I think he's probably the person who you know, sometimes it's really hard to deal with all the difficulties of being trans. You just wish it weren't so difficult, and I think Cypher is that feeling. He's definitely like an emotional level metaphor, I think. Yes. 
interesting. It's like they're in a subway, but then there's an elevator that goes up to like a residential area. So the Oracle has been with them since the beginning of the Resistance. Neo's very skeptical. He doesn't believe in, you know, all this hooey. Which is kind of funny seeing as you've just been ejected from a pod where your body is a battery for a bunch of machines in the year 2199, but go off, I guess. Amazing. 
than I thought. I can see why she likes you. Not too bright, though. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> so she gets right to it, to it. Do you think you are the one? He says, honestly, I don't know. Above her door, there's some Latin words. Know thyself. Interesting. Being the one is just like being in love. No one can tell you you're in love. You just know it through and through. Balls to bones. It's kind of like being trans, to be honest. Being the one is kind of like being trans. Interestingly enough, know thyself. There's so many little, so many beautiful complexities and depths of this movie. But what? says you've got the gift, but it looks like you're waiting for something. What could that something be? Your next life. Who knows? Oh, what do the letters say on the fridge? There's a bunch of letters. Morpheus almost had him convinced, Neo says. Poor Morpheus, without him, we're lost, says the oracle. Oh. She is about to tell him some sensitive information. Morpheus believes in you, Neo. And no one can convince him otherwise. He's going to sacrifice his life to save yours. You're gonna have to make a choice. In one hand, you'll have Morpheus's life, and in the other hand, you'll have your own. One of you is going to die. Ugh. That's difficult. says, I hate giving good people bad news. I do love the Oracle. I love her character. <laughs> Neo doesn't believe in any of this, this fate crap.
So Morpheus is immediately just like, don't tell me. What was said was for you. And Neo's like, dang it. He eats the cookie. <laughs> and we cut to Mouse in the Matrix, staring at the woman in red. Oh, Mouse. We have Switch and Apoc there. Someone's on their way. It must be Morpheus and... Yeah, Morpheus, Trinity, Neo, coming back from the Oracle. Cypher smiling weirdly.
risks his life to save Neo. So they're in the walls. They're slowly, slowly climbing down. I love the camera. Just the way the camera works on this these scenes. And of course we've got Cypher who's gonna ruin everything. He coughed. Smith versus Morpheus. <laughs> and now we get a little bit of a Morpheus versus Agent Smith fight. Oh, this is not looking good for Morpheus. I do love how they're all covered in, like, dusty, chalky, like, wall stuff, because every time they punch each other, it's like, dust flies off. Ugh. Just thinking about every time Agent Smith punches Morpheus. It's like the force of punching through a wall. And, of course, Agent Smith tells the, the police officers to take him. Trinity coming up through the sewer. Oh my god, it's Cypher. Oh my god, Cypher. They're wondering about Morpheus, of course. 
that Morpheus is still alive in his chair. Oh no, Cypher's awake. Cypher is saying Morpheus tricked them. Trinity is like, no, he set us free. It's like fear versus fear versus truth. Oh no. Cypher's gonna start pulling plugs. Because if you pull the plug without properly disconnecting someone from the Matrix, they die. She's amazing. 
they're contemplating pulling Morpheus's plug and killing him because rather than give up like rather than it get to the point where Morpheus because of the poison and, and that they're giving him affecting his brain that he gives up the codes to the Zion mainframe which if the agents had that they could wipe out all of the minds that had been freed. The only humans left would be plugged in batteries in the Matrix. So they're about to do it. They're about to pull Morpheus's plug. And then Neo says stop. He's like, I don't know if this has to be done. It can't be coincidence. This is what the Oracle said would happen. She said he would have to make a choice. And the choice is him or Morpheus. So he's going in. He's going in for a rescue mission. Trinity is trying to... I'm not the one, Trinity. He just said that. Trinity says, you have to be. He says, I'm sorry, I'm just a, just another guy. And Trinity says, it can't be true. But she won't say why. <laughs> They're trying to tell him trying to tell him, like, you can't, you can't do this. It's too dangerous. Especially if you're not the one, like you just said. But. Neo believes in something. He believes he can bring Morpheus back. And here we, we get to, I guess there's a top three most iconic scenes, because the scene that's coming up is super iconic. <laughs> Trinity's like, I am coming with you, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs>
I don't know, that's complicated. It's really complicated. It's too complicated for me to say my thoughts on that right now. <laughs> Agent Smith is essentially saying you, well, he is saying humans are the plague and the machines are the cure, which, I mean, that is the plot of a lot of dystopian movies. Oh my god. Load up the ammunition. Okay, the scene that's coming up, the, the gunfight in the atrium, I guess, I don't know if it's an atrium or it's like an a large entrance hall, I don't know what to call it, but it really reminds me of the scene in Ghost in the Shell where Major fights the spider, the spider tank. And if you, if you have seen both movies or if you watch both movies, you'll, you might, uh, you might have already thought that or you might have just had a light bulb moment, and the color palettes are really similar, too. The color palettes and just the way, like, lots of pillars getting shot, like, pillars, that is a thing, pillars, <laughs> literal pillars. Agent Smith is interesting. He wants to escape the Matrix. That's so funny that Cypher wants to go back into the Matrix. He's a real person who wants to go into the unreal world, whereas Agent Smith is a program, an unreal person. And we slowly start to find out he wants to he says once Zion is destroyed there's no need for me to be here I have to get inside Zion well I think we don't totally have all of Agent Smith's motives in this movie so I'm not and all of his thoughts, so I'm not going to spoil them, but I do like how he says, I have to get free. It's like he wants his mind to be freed, too, but he can't because he... <laughs> oh my god, I love this scene. <laughs> this... Oh my gosh, this was always... This is always my favorite part. Where? <laughs> yes. Trinity and Neo just come in. Bags full of guns. Ready to fight. Dressed in black sunglasses. Perfect. I just love how they walk into this building and they walk through the metal detector and the and the guard is like, please, uh, do you have any keys, any loose change? And Neo just opens his 
trench coat and there's just like a million guns inside and that's just my favorite oh my gosh yes all the slow-mo there's so much slow-mo there's so many flips there's so many cartwheels there's so much running on walls there's so much kicking and so much shooting so many shells of bullets jingling and falling on the ground <laughs> in slow-mo. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just had a sudden memory of playing the Matrix video game, one of the Matrix video games that had come out. I swear that was a thing. Slow motion of the pillars getting exploded. Flips, sweet flips, sweet cartwheels. Picking up the gun while doing a cartwheel. Amazing. Shooting while doing a one-handed cartwheel. I just want to know, did someone really do that stunt? I want to, I want to know who Keanu Reeves' stunt double was. <laughs> Keanu Reeves kicking the last guy to the ground, picking up the bag of guns, and then they go to that elevator, and they just walk into that elevator, but you just look back at the wreckage of this, <laughs> of this atrium. It's amazing. <laughs> now the agents are like, they caught Agent Smith being weird with his glasses off. Oh my gosh. Agents don't take their glasses off. Oh, that other bag was definitely has a bomb in it, not guns. Trinity is arming the bomb in the elevator and they leave the elevator. The, the agents know that they're trying to save Morpheus. Morpheus is, I mean, the poison is is in his system. It's hard to say if he even knows what's going on. There is no spoon. Yes. Flying up through the elevator shaft. Slow motion bomb going off. That's a pretty sweet slow motion fire. The special effects are fun, to be honest. Like, I think as, as special effects age, like, you can tell it's definitely a little cheesy, which is just funny. But they're still entertaining, you know? So it's like, I don't even mind that the special effects are not 2020 level, you know? They're 20 years old special effects, but they're fun. They're entertaining.
honestly, they're they're perfect. And now the agent, the agent dodges the bullets. This is, yeah, this is the, yes. This is iconic. Where Neo dodges the bullets. He's fast. That agent must be empty. Clip must be empty. Then Trinity comes and shoots the agent. And then Trinity's like, how did you do that? You moved like they move. You moved. You moved like an agent. I've never seen anyone move that fast. But he still got grazed. He got grazed by two bullets. And then Trinity has has tank install a pilot program for the helicopter that's near them so she can fly it away. See, that is just so sweet. Go ahead and install this knowledge into me. They're cyborgs. They're all cyborgs. Which is like major in Ghost in the Shell. See, full circle. Full circle. The Wachowskis watching Ghost in the Shell in Okay, this, what's happening in the movie, they have a, a gigantic, like, machine gun mounted on the helicopter. They're shooting it at the agents. The floor is all water because the sprinklers went off from the bomb. See, this just so cinematic. The water, the shells, the suits, the glasses... The gunshots in the water. I would just be concerned, like, make sure you don't hit Morpheus. <laughs> I lost my train of thought again. Morpheus, you gotta get up. Oh yeah, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> Morpheus is waking up despite the poison. The agents are coming back. Morpheus breaks out of the handcuffs. He's running toward the helicopter. Yeah, I'm just imagining the Wachowskis watching Ghost in the Shell when it came out. The original one, which was either, I feel like it was 1995. It was either 89 or 95. Morpheus jumping to the helicopter. Neo jumps out too, and they're on, they're on like a bungee cord. Oh, this is another iconic scene. Every scene is iconic. I can't get over it. But yeah, Major is a cyborg. I mean, Ghost in the Shell was like such an original movie like so many science fiction ideas that as far as I know had never been made into such a like made into such a beautiful movie 
Okay, so here's the helicopter scene. They're kind of dangling from the helicopter, and I think that they really did have stunt people dangling from a helicopter. Because, yeah, that some of these scenes in particular look really real. And then when the helicopter crashes into the glass, like... What gets me about that is that that's not special effect, like that glass is real. That glass really exists. And it really does, it really like bends like that, like in a wave. You can do it, Neo, you can save Trinity. But yeah, oh my gosh, try to describe how the glass moves. I don't know how they did it. But yeah, it's like ripple. The glass ripples. And then it explodes. Amazing. I really forget how they did that. <laughs> oh my god, Tank is like... He's the one. He... I mean, he did just perform a very amazing feat, saving Trinity. And Trinity's like, I want to kiss you. So... <laughs> Neo still doesn't believe he's the one, even after he just did all this stuff. Interestingly enough, both Neo and Morpheus are alive. And the Oracle said one of them was gonna die. So... I don't know, I, I see some... I'm sensing some commentary I can make here about how Neo doesn't believe in all that fate. Hui and the Oracle knew that and she was playing into that for him. <laughs> the agents are mad because, well, Agent Smith is mad because he's the only one who has emotions. They found a telephone, a phone booth on a subway. You don't see those anymore. <laughs> At least not in not in not in America, not in Ohio. <laughs> but there is a person on the subway who's watching them. Oh no, Trinity. Trinity is trying to tell Neo something. Wow, her makeup is perfect. Her residual self-image is really shining right now. Ugh, payphones. When I went to Japan, there were payphones everywhere, which was interesting to me. I was like, what? 
there are no more payphones in in America. I don't know. There, there are probably some in New York. Oh, the agent just turned into the person on the subway and shot the phone. Trinity got out, but Neo is still in the Matrix. <laughs> He's beginning to believe. It's, it's complicated. Like, it's almost like you have to believe in yourself. Like, you can, you can be the one, but you have to believe it. That's like the second part. It's not enough to just be it. You have to believe it. Fight between the agent and Neo. We got some sweet flips. Spinning flips with kung fu noises. They have no more bullets. So now all they have is kung fu. Dang, that agent punching walls. Agent Smith. And that's another thing is Agent Smith keeps calling Neo Mr. Anderson. Even now. You gotta love a subway as the location for this fight. What if Keanu Reeves listened to this podcast? Keanu, if you're listening, <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> oh no. The agent is so far of beating. Oh, yes, the kung fu moves. Oh, so amazing. The fight scenes are really good. And the camera work, like... They really know how to film fight scenes. I love that. Oh no. Got my post-it note here. Flippy pad. This is kind of making me wonder, like, when was Old Boy made? When was, uh, um, like, what, when did, when was Wes Anderson's first movie? Like, there are parts of this movie that give me Wes Anderson vibes and that give me Old Boy vibes, you know? It's like... The camera work, the color palette, 
Oh, yes, I forgot he said that. He's just finally like, my name is Neo. And then flips out of the way of the subway train while Agent Smith gets run over. Amazing. My name is Neo. Oh. And of course, Agent Smith turned into someone on the train. Oh no, he lost. Okay, so we lost track of Neo in the code, in the green waterfall, and now there's an alert for sentinels. Sentinels are coming. Five minutes away, but here's the problem. If they release the EMP, they can't get Neo out.
the sentinels have made it inside. Smith said goodbye, Mr. Anderson. I wonder if a part of Agent Smith wanted him to be the one. Trinity is confessing that the Oracle told her she would fall in love, and the man that she loved would be the one. She says, so you can't be dead because I love you. And therefore, you are the one. She kisses him. The kiss of life. Sparks are flying literally all around them because the sentinels are breaking in. And Neo is coming back to life. He has a pulse again. <laughs> it's almost like he only comes back to life because Trinity kisses him. The agents shoot him and he stops the bullets in mid-air. We see those bullet ripples. The agents just stare at him because he's breaking the rules. The Matrix has rules and he's breaking them. All the bullets fall to the ground. He is the one. He looks around him and he just sees the green waterfall. He understands it. Agent Smith is furious, of course. He tries to fight him, but he's no match for Neo. Neo's fighting him one-handed. He's too fast. <laughs> he kicks him far away. Amazing. The actors trained really hard for this. They trained with, like, an actual kung fu master. Oh, yes, this part. Neo dives inside of Agent Smith. 
and explodes him. And the other agents are just like, mm, nope, not, not gonna mess with that. He's like, actually destroyed. Sentinels, come on, Neo. You gotta get out. Get to that phone. They released the EMP. All the Sentinels in the vicinity just get zapped. again, him and Trinity. They stare loving and lovingly into each other's eyes. Telephone ringing. Neo says, I know you're out there. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. But I'm here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, borders or boundaries, a world where anything is possible. Again. Again, it's a... Uh, could easily be applied to being trans. Just one big trans metaphor. More probably Rob Zombie music. <laughs> Neo walking out of a phone booth in the Matrix. Looking wise. <laughs> yes, he puts on those glasses. I need to get some Matrix classes. This part always cracked me up. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> he flies. He flies like Superman. Just kidding, it's a Rage Against the Machine song. <laughs> and that was the Matrix. I think I have said everything I could possibly say about the Matrix. Just kidding, I'm sure I couldn't say more. I actually forgot until just now that supposedly, supposedly, there's a fourth Matrix movie coming out. I will always be a fan of the first Matrix movie. I, on a 
honestly could take or leave the rest of them, but of course I'm I'm gonna watch the fourth Matrix movie whenever it comes out. I wouldn't I wouldn't miss that. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Blue Mind ASMR. I hope you found it relaxing or entertaining or or a bit of both. And tune in next time for more relaxation. This is Blue Skies signing off for now. I'll catch you next time.